Welcome to episode 133 of the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Beth Bilo. Thank you so much for joining me. If this is your first time as a listener, welcome. I hope that you stick around for future episodes. And if you're a repeat listener, you're going to really enjoy the conversation I have with today's guest. Over the past year, I have had numerous guests share their personal experiences of the intersection between business and creativity. If you're an entrepreneur, you are a creative person, even if you never pick up a paintbrush, an instrument, or a camera. You are improvising every single day, even on the days that you seem to have completely planned out. Your creativity expresses itself in traditional and non-traditional ways, and embracing your creative energy is part of the key to being sustainable and happy as an entrepreneur. It helps you, at least it helps me, (laughs) to ride the ups and downs and to go with the flow and to come up with new ideas and continually be innovating. So it's worth spending time talking about how we nurture that creative energy in service to our business. I'll share a few more thoughts on that following my conversation with today's guest, Kat Rose. Kat helps creative introverts show their work and get the exposure they deserve. She does this through the League of Creative Introverts, an online community, as well as one-on-one coaching and online training. She's currently researching the links between personality types and how we can use our self-knowledge to make the most of our creative style and strengths. You'll find out more about how to connect with Kat and about the League of Creative Introverts, as well as find highlights from our conversation and links to our Introvert Island book selections in the episode show notes at theintrovertentrepreneur.com. Hi, Kat. Welcome to the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. I am really happy to be talking with you today. Hi, Beth. So am I. Made my day. <laughs> well, well, speaking of your day, what's making you smile today? Well, it's um, kind of like towards the end of the day here, but I've had a really productive day Mm. and it's just been quite a busy, extroverty weekend. So I'm quite glad just to kind of buckle down and do my thing. Been loving it. Yeah. And and I should tell people we're, I'm in Tacoma, Washington. You're in London or thereabouts? Yeah, I'm actually, well, I've moved from London to Brighton. So I'm by the sea down on the south coast of England. Excellent. I love that name, Brighton. I think you mentioned somewhere. And it really is. (laughs) That's, yeah, it's bright. Yeah, this bright city. Yeah. Well, I, I I can appreciate that extroverted weekend followed by an introvert buckling down. Sounds lovely. <laughs> um, where, you know, just to give some folks context before we jump into the conversation, and obviously your your business is called The Creative Introvert, so I, I can kind of guess, <laughs> but but share with us a it's little bit. It's a bit of bit. a giveaway. It is a giveaway. <laughs> But share with us, you know, where do you fall, since everybody's on a spectrum, where do you feel like you fall on that spectrum? And how has that awareness influenced your path? Right. So I only really discovered what an introvert really meant maybe two years ago. And a friend had pointed out when I was saying how I used to be a very quiet child. And then in my sort of late teen years, I became quite outgoing and sociable. But I still found that if I was out socializing, I would just want to bail, you know, (laughs) two or three hours in. And, you know, I would come and be like the chattiest person and then my energy would just go. And he was like, oh, you're an introvert. And that kind of opened my eyes to what an introvert really is. And now I find myself uh, kind of switching between introvert moments and extrovert moments. But 
at the end of the day, if we're talking energy, then I'm 100% introvert. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel like that has set you up in terms of how you've structured your business? I think hugely. Um, I realized that when I was working at a little design agency, um, I was there for about three, four years. And I always found it just ridiculously hard just to be in an office even with a small amount of people Mm -hmm. um, and how drained my energy would be and I just thought well maybe I'm um, just like you know lazy or something maybe I'm not cut out for this why can't I handle this why can't I handle the commute um, busy London commute and I know that a lot of people don't love that but Mm -hmm. anyway it was it was a lot for me and I, I did end up leaving to go freelance and just work for myself and that's been brilliant for me but only in the last um, couple of years have I realized just why that is and why I can work so much longer and harder when I'm on my own um, in my room basically yeah and I get it's the introversion yeah yeah well I appreciate this this point about it's often not other people necessarily that tell us like what's wrong with you because you're not um, adapting to having a lot of people around you or is that kind of commute it's just that we notice it ourselves and we think well everybody else is doing it so why can't I you know what's wrong with me yeah and and to be able to turn that corner and say well like you said well nobody really likes the commute right but for some people it's truly like soul sucking (laughs) in terms of an energy sucking and um it sort of reaches a point where it's not acceptable anymore it's not tolerable completely and i'm all for you know if you can and even if it is hard at first to, to make that change and like work those things out that aren't suiting you yeah and it sounds like you found a way to do that (laughs) well tell us luckily yeah well tell us about the creative introvert and how that came into being well I guess it was um, a mixture of weird things colliding so I'd been freelancing um, with design and I had a pet portrait business Um, so this is all kind of like going kind of slowly um, and I at the same time was you know like I said I found out that I was an introvert and just kind of got fascinated by the whole Myers-Briggs typology Mm. Um, I read quiet I found yourself and others who are talking about this thing and I just really found myself resonating with it and at the same time I was uh, doing quite a bit of uh, sort of socializing within Facebook groups Mm -hmm. and they were like some of them I joined some like introvert ones I was already a member of a bunch of illustration and design ones um, as well as social media I was also getting quite into the kind of online marketing area thinking what can I do to make my pet portrait business take off mm-hmm. um, and I just decided to set there wasn't really one that answered everything that I wanted so the introvert ones were a little bit general and you know people weren't really talking shop they weren't talking mm-hmm. about business like I wanted to mm-hmm. uh, and the creative groups weren't um, talking about the kind of woo-woo personality and mindset stuff mm-hmm. so the League of Introverts was a way of me having my own little community and just taking it from there and, and just wanting to speak to people in a sort of strange in an introverted way <laughs> yeah and so from there I've just kind of started turning my blog which had been more about marketing and design and started going down just talking about what I was interested in. So talking about personality and mindset and how to use our introversion as a strength. Well, one of the, much <laughs> well, one of the things you mentioned is, like you said, this this fascination of the intersection between personality and creativity. And, and you mentioned that you've got, um, that you're actually doing some research 
about what mm. what that is. Can you tell us so far what have you found about um, like the influence of personality on one's creative expression? Yes. Yeah, so. I, I'm just I can geek out on this so much but <laughs> I had this theory that all of my um, creative friends mostly illustrators that we were doing what we were doing because we were introverts and you know I had this like grand theory proposed that um, introverts must be more creative mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. and I'm sure that's just absolutely wrong and I read a great book called Creative You um, I think you you probably had the author on David Goldstein maybe I, I don't know if he was on your show but he, he's a brilliant um, psychologist and researcher and came up with this theory that all the different um, personality types um, defined by Myers-Briggs had their own creative twists and strengths as mm -hmm. well as blind spots and I've just kind of been trying to elaborate on that because that's kind of all I've got there isn't seemingly a lot of research into this and mm -hmm. I think one of the trickiest things is defining creativity and I think everyone mm. kind of has their own take on it yes um, and I'm not sure how I feel about you know those I don't know if you've ever done one, but a creativity test which mm. is like how many um, ways can you think to use a carrot and, and oh, it gosh. just doesn't feel that <laughs> creative yeah, yeah. so um, I'd like to kind of talk directly and do some real little case studies with a range of um, personality types starting with I guess the eight introvert types yeah what is your Myers-Briggs type um, I'm an INTJ, INTJ and yeah so a bit strange because apparently girls aren't usually INTJs but quite honestly on the internet I find a lot of INTJs I, I don't know if it's again just the type of people who want to talk about it it's mm -hmm. that type I guess <laughs> the thinking and judging we want to put labels on things so maybe that makes sense I yeah. don't know and and what is the INTJ kind of modus operandi like what does it say about you in terms of your creativity well I guess the intuitive part um we're more sort of big picture thinkers mm -hmm. um and that definitely came out even in design I always see myself as you know I like to kind of paint the picture and let the details take care of themselves which a, sen mm. a sensing type would not be able to do uh, yeah. so well or easily and um I guess the thinking and judging elements again are just quite um I don't really know how to say um, without kind of offending myself um, but yeah just quite um, measured and sure. fact-based um, so yeah. like for me say with my art and illustration I quite just liked drawing from life um, mm -hmm. as, as well and kind of getting I, I, I can't even really put it into words maybe I'll, I'll come up with something a bit better but the, the book certainly um, delves into all of this stuff yeah. Well, it, the word that comes to mind is concrete. Like when you said you draw from life and yeah. it, it seems like that, like the tangible um, stimulus perhaps might be yeah. part of that equation. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I'm an INFJ, so I'm going to have to go in and I've been sort of exploring my own artistic um, expression because I was a musician prior. And so that was my creative expression. 
And um, I guess I'm once a musician, always a musician, right? You know, so it just it's yeah. you know part of who you are. But I found that I've been trying to express myself in other other ways. So I'm like super curious now to go back because I have not had him as a guest, but it sounds like he would be an excellent addition to the lineup <laughs> based on our conversation. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so thank you for sharing um, some of the that that resource, especially and and your insights into your own process. Um, I want to shift to a recent blog post that you wrote that really grabbed my attention because over the years as I've worked as the introvert entrepreneur, I often will get people who've heard that expression for the first time and they're like, huh, isn't that a contradiction? You know, exactly. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Um, and your post is titled The Unedited Introvert, which I also thought, huh, that sounds like a contradiction. <laughs> Yeah, at least for a lot of the introverts I know. Can you tell us what you mean by that? And and, uh, what's what's behind all that? Well, I guess it came from me just at least over the past year of blogging more and finding my own voice. I was finding myself um, editing like self editing. And I think we all do this online to an extent, especially when we have a business to think about. We've got this personal brand, which is a term that I know a lot of special creatives don't like so much. Mm. But it, it just it, it is what it is and I've been trying to check myself whenever I do feel that I'm portraying a character that isn't authentic to me and again that's another word that is getting banded around a lot yes. but um, we're, we're seeing social media um, I guess reinforce all of this um, and I talk a bit on the post particularly how I'm feeling about Instagram at the moment um and it just feels like the most for me I mean, it's definitely not the case for everyone it could be the total opposite for some people but for me I find myself really editing that and you know with all the filters and it it, it just I, I felt like I needed a bit of a break mm-hmm. same with Facebook um my public feed um well how do you say my private more so um <laughs> my personal feed is what I'm trying to say uh I barely check I go on Facebook for my group and I love that and I love how positive it is but also how raw everyone's being and how honest mm-hmm. they are and I was thinking as the kind of host of it I, I didn't really feel that comfortable in sharing you know I, I was just trying to position myself as this like everything's great guys isn't it mm, <laughs> and that yeah. that is generally me I'm I'm a very generally happy person um, but I haven't always been this way and I was just thinking how much am I just blocking even in my own life these kind of you know the times when things don't go so well and the real talk that it is just all part and parcel of having a business and and trying to do something creative which is really hard sometimes mm-hmm. uh so yeah and it was also inspired by a brilliant podcast by um tara swiger on the subject of you know what kind of what people especially um influencers are showing of the business end of things and what they're hiding effectively. Yeah. It seems that um, vulnerability, you know, being real, being raw Mm -hmm. is something that we say we value. And, and when we see it from someone often, we, we respond very strongly to it. And yet it seems like every time I turn around, there's like a new way to filter, (laughs) you know, there's, yeah. So I, I, yeah, what you're saying is resonating. And like you said about it being a contradiction, I I do find that we're all finding it hard as introverts, especially on the group. I'll ask a question and I know that it's difficult for everyone, even if it's something positive. We're quite, um, oh, I'll let somebody else 
say the positive. I don't want to boast. I don't want to brag. Um, mm. I don't want to let too much of myself be seen. And I think that's just a huge part of being an introvert. But at the yeah. same time, it's also how we connect. And that's no matter what personality type you have, like that's still a vital part of being human. Absolutely. Yeah. Even introverts need people too. And we, yeah. we yeah. need that connection. And, and I'm, I'm guessing, you know, the, the strengths of your group are, are twofold. One, it sounds like you create a safe space for introverts mm -hmm. to be able to, you know, make, as I often talk about, like make the internal external, because that is a very vulnerable and, and, um, precious place, especially around creativity. And then just the fact that it's a private group. I mean, you know, we, we can't underestimate that, that being able to have something that is sort of a closed community can be really powerful. Yes, exactly. And that's kind of what's brought me back um, really strongly to Facebook in the last year, just that feature. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. And uh, yeah, and I know what you mean about Instagram. <laughs> It can get, you know, super filtered. And it's the one place where I actually allow myself not to be business oriented. And I just spoke yeah, about so this on a podcast. Yeah, so way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like... I, I think that that's a I good... I think it's important. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go on. <laughs> you go ahead. Well, no, I just think it is important for, for people, for like these online characters to show both sides. And mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that we have to overshare and yeah, like air some dirty laundry. But um, I think I heard somebody say it very nicely that if you feel that it's a bit uncomfortable to share something, then that means that you might be going in the right direction. Whereas mm. if it feels like a relief, it feels like you're offloading. And I never mm. want to feel like I'm offloading my own problems onto my whatever followers or just people yeah. who are connecting with me. Yeah, that's a great way of um, discerning what is what is yeah. appropriate and what's not. Yeah. So in the interaction that you've had with introverts, whether it's, you know, through clients and working with you or um, in the online community, what do you see as the, the, the biggest challenge and how have you seen people move through that challenge most successfully? I think um, a theme throughout this year, whether it's with myself and the people I've been working with, it's basically comes down to fear. And that's kind of you know, you put a big mask on it and call it what you like, but it all comes down to that. Mm -hmm. um, so I ran, um, I kind of continue to run this seven day uh, confidence challenge. And it's it does again feel quite contradictory because I'm like, I wouldn't call myself particularly confident. However, it's something that I've been working on and I've learned so much about like just using little exercises mm -hmm. um, and reading around it. And I, th I feel like, experience is the best teacher and you know mm -hmm. that that's kind of why I've been going down this route um but yeah as for like facing fears it just feels like that can then lead to so many great progresses I, I, milestones everything everything with your business it seems to well it did for me and I've seen it happen with others just take off as soon as you start stepping out of your comfort zone mm -hmm. um but it's it's easier said than done and it's for me because I am quite you know logical quite I like systems and plans and routines I'm trying to work out ways of making it as straightforward as that like how can you face fears but without saying well you just need to you know think for positive thoughts it's 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 a bit of that but it's also mm -hmm. like what can I do every day to like literally unlearn these um kind of irrational fears basically mm -hmm. yeah 
Would you mind giving us an example of one of the the challenges that's part of that seven day Mm -hmm. challenge? Um, Yeah. So one thing I say is to do something slightly scary every day, which does sound like, oh God, I have to think of something every day. But usually for me, and I found for most people, it could just be sending out a tweet to somebody you don't know. So it's literally just like reaching out to someone. And through doing that, I've really just repeatedly taught myself to anticipate that feeling of, okay, they're probably either going to not reply or say no, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And then I'll just try again tomorrow. And it's not so overwhelming because especially as a creative, you are, you know, trying to share your work and like email creative directors and stuff like that. But what we tend to do is kind of say, oh, I'm going to do it in three months time and just like hit (laughs) like a hundred different directors in one day. And that's just really stressful. And often I found I just wouldn't do it basically, or I'd get through like 20, make a typo in all of the emails and then just want to die. (laughs) So what I said to myself is just, you know, one thing a day and it might just be um, thanking someone Um, offering some help, um, asking them. I I mean, that would be the the sort of like last thing once you've built up a bit of a relationship, but it's just taking that first step. And I think that that's something that I really encourage in myself, especially. Awesome. I love it. You know, my husband and I, and this might not seem related, but it sort of is. And that, you know, one thing that scares you or, you know, that you feel some fear around. Um, we recently moved from a house to an apartment building. And so I'm encountering, it's way more social, not in terms of like, I'm getting together mm-hmm. with people down the hall, but just I see them in the hall, I see them in the elevator or in the lobby or run into people on the street that I know. And um, a couple of days ago, I was walking the dog and somebody I knew was across the street didn't even see me. I could have just kept walking. But I felt this Mm. like pull to say, okay, just push through it and and yell across the street. Hey, Greg. And I'm like, who is this? What what is that? What is that? You know? That's, yeah, I love that. That's, I, but that is such a, it's such a small thing. It was a very low risk, but at the same time, it felt risky. Yes. Well, no, it's it's funny. Since moving um, down to Brighton by the sea, it, it's just a different vibe to London. Mm-hmm. And I have kind of taken on this new persona of like constant, like slight smile on my face, which yeah. is just so unlike. <laughs> and um, like, you know, like kind of like nodding to people. Uh-huh. And that is just really not me, but I, I quite like it. And I feel like I'm like taking on this little role yeah. um, down here. Yeah. And it's, it's funny so- how that works. So to like notice that and give yourself credit for it as doing something that is pushing your comfort zone a little bit and um, pushing through what what maybe whether it's rational or not, you know, you feel that little bit of fear and then give yourself credit and then use that courage for other things, including your creative endeavors. Yeah, because it it all builds up. Yes, exactly. It accumulates. Yeah. Well, I thank you so much, Kat. It's been, um, this has been a fun conversation. I've really appreciated the, especially like the insights and practical um, takeaways that you've offered here. So thank you so much for that. Well, I want to close with a question that I ask all of my guests, and that's about Introvert Island. And Mm -hmm. um, even though introverts aren't an island, we sometimes need an island. And uh, so I'm curious if you were granted three weeks vacation on Introvert Island and you could only take three books with you, what would you take with you and why? This, of course, I think all introverts find this hard for obvious reasons. We <laughs> yes. like a good book. Um, but some of the ones that made a big impact on me in the last few years is 
um, God Stay Brie. So this is a bit of a weird one, but it's by Scott Adams, the creator of Dilbert. Mm -hmm. And he talks about, it's kind of, he talks about everything, but he does it through um, like these two characters in a kind of like fiction way, just a conversation. And and it's just really deep. I cried, which, you know, to get, for me to cry in a book is quite a lot. Um, I'd also um, bring The Four Agreements. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you know that? I I think it's quite commonly recommended. Um, That is just huge. And like, you don't even have to read it. You can just like, you know, Google them. But I really just tell my friends like, these are my four things like Mm -hmm. (laughs) make sure I always do them um and the Tower of Seneca is something that I've been uh listening to the audiobook of and that's like I thought I would never get into it but now that I've started to get used to the way the old Greeky way of speaking (laughs) um I like to listen to it when I like need to get out the chaos Mm -hmm. whether it's external chaos or just internal chaos he's got a way of um making me think quite rationally at least as rationally as possible um and also i will say i would have these all on audiobook so that i'd have more room in my suitcase for jars of peanut butter and sunscreen because i would burn and i would need my peanut butter yes unless like unless it was like a peanut island i don't know (laughs) we can make sure there's a peanut farm and so (laughs) in between books you can uh pick your peanuts and (laughs) grind them (laughs) excellent yes and we'll make sure there are plenty of trees too (laughs) so lots of shade Shade. (laughs) yes well um kat how can people get in touch with you and especially learn more about um the league of creative introverts yeah so they can go to thecreativeintrovert.com and that's where all my blog posts um free stuff and all that is and if they go to thecreativeintrovert.com forward slash beth then you'll find out a little bit more about the League of Creative Introverts. And if you like, you can uh, sign up for a dollar, try it out, see what you think. If you get on with us, hopefully you'll stick around. Um, And I'm at Creative Intro on all the social media channels. Excellent. Well, we will include links to all of that in the program show notes to make it super easy for people to connect. Um, Lovely. So thank you so much, Kat. It's been a true pleasure. And, um, and I wish you all the best in everything that you do. Thank you, Beth. It really has been lovely. Thank you. A few weeks ago, I shared on Facebook, on the Facebook page for the introvert entrepreneur, that I had a simple but stunning personal realization. This is the only life I've got. That might sound so obvious as to sound ridiculous, but sometimes a fact that we know on an intellectual level doesn't quite sink in into an emotional knowing for a while. It takes some sort of event or, um, you know, pivot point for us to realize something that we knew in our heads to, to have it drop down into our hearts. And when it does that, it's like a ton of bricks that falls on our head and in our heart. And we really know something through and through. And so that's what happened to me. I was thinking about digging more into my photography hobby and trying to improve my skills. I kid you not, the thought that honestly went through my mind was, I'll do that next time next time? (laughs) You know, what next time? It was a crazy thought. And it was quickly followed by the aforementioned simple but stunning realization that this is it. This is the only life we have. There is no next time. 
So if I really want to move forward with no regrets, I'm going to darn well start digging into my photography now. And believe it or not, photography helps my business. It helps my coaching. It helps me as an entrepreneur. It reminds me to slow down and really see what's going on around me, what's in the frame. It's a comparison that's been used by many others, especially when it comes to saying that photography requires different perspectives, just like business and life. The similarity that resonates most with me, um, and this came about, I was watching a national, I believe it's a National Geographic series with Dwight Jones. Um, I hope I'm getting that name right, and I'll have to double check it, and I'll put it in the notes. But um, he's a photo- he's a National Geographic photographer, and he does this really wonderful series um, talking about photography and life and, and how it can help you with new perspectives. And I was watching this one day, and what I found was that this idea that often when you're trying to take a photo, you can end up looking a little silly, or you end up getting kind of uncomfortable in order to get the shot that you want. In my case, I I notice I might have to contort my posture, or stand up on my tippy toes, or crouch down on the ground to get just the right angle. In the moment, though, if I get too much up in my head, I'm more aware of how I'm drawing attention to myself. And I realized as I thought about what Dwight was saying and, and my own experiences that if I want to be a good photographer, I have to get over that self-consciousness. When I'm really in the moment, I don't even notice who's around me or think about how goofy I must look. But there are still times when that introvert avoiding the spotlight tendency kicks in and I play it a bit safe so as not to have anyone looking at me. And when that happens, I miss the shot. And the same can be said for us as entrepreneurs and for our businesses. In our best moments, we don't care what we look or sound like to others. We're confident in what we're doing, and we forge ahead in spite of that nagging, what if you fail or what if you look silly voices. We're willing to look silly in those moments because in that moment, we don't feel silly. We feel focused. We might feel intense. And in our best moments, we feel alive. And the only way to get that perfect shot is to risk the perception, that fleeting perception, that all eyes are on us. Honestly, when I see someone taking that kind of risk, um, whether that's taking a photo, you know, somebody walking around with a camera and they bend down or get down on the ground, or I see somebody else doing it with their business, where they're taking some sort of leap, I really admire them, and it makes me want to stretch a little bit further next time. I'll close with a brilliant insight from that introvert genius, Albert Einstein. He said, imagination is everything. It is the preview of life's coming attractions. My challenge to you is to listen to whatever creative pull you feel in your life. Make time to let your imagination take over. And it doesn't matter if your creative pull is towards something artistic, a new spin on your marketing or social media presence, or a new product or service. Let your imagination connect the dots that might feel scattered in your rational mind. It's one way to breathe new life into your work and keep you moving towards your goals. Before we close, I want to offer a quick reminder 
to stay tuned for news about the celebration of the one-year anniversary of the publication of my latest book, my latest creative endeavor, uh, The Introvert Entrepreneur, Amplify Your Strengths and Create Success on Your Own Terms. I'll be posting information on Facebook and sending out a newsletter early next week. That would be the week of October 22nd or 3rd, 24th. (laughs) I should have looked at the calendar, but um, early next week. And if you're not on the email list, then um, you'll find a way to opt in if you go to just about any page on my website, theintrovertentrepreneur.com. Just as introverts only talk when they have something to say, I only send a newsletter when I have something good to share. A very special thank you to my podcast producer, Paul Messing, and my assistant, Naja, for the episode show notes, and for you for generously choosing to spend your time with me. Upcoming episodes include conversations with Steve Farber, author of The Radical Leap, Sarah Santacroce, who shares valuable LinkedIn and online networking tips, and Catherine McKenzie-Smith, founder of the League of Extraordinary Introverts. I hope you'll join us. If you enjoyed this episode, I invite you to share it with your friends and colleagues and to take a moment to leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whichever platform you access it from. Your review helps others to discover the podcast. So thank you so much in advance for your consideration. This is Beth Below of The Introvert Entrepreneur. And until we meet again, remember that success is an inside job. Thank you.